Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkin's Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary. You can now listen to Restoration Place on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or by downloading the Spreaker app to your phone or tablet. This week at Restoration Place. I know that feeling when you are just as intelligent as somebody else and to be made to feel like you're lower just because you were born with a different suit color. (laughs) My suit color might be differently, but I am just as intelligent as everyone else. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Welcome to this place of restoration. of Restoration Christian Ministries, John Baysmore Jr. Amen. So again, um, we are grateful. Trey, give me just a little more volume so I don't have to talk so loud because my voice is kind of gone today. But we are grateful and thankful for, for what God is doing, and I'm excited about um, this word I'm going to share with you today. I, uh, I've been on this, I'm not going to say I've been on the kick, but I've been, I've been, as they say in the world, I've been kind of in my feelings because... I, I, um, I'm pretty easy going, but um, the, the thing that will get me going and get me riled up is when I see people trying to, trying to make people be something that they're not. I, I just, I, I sincerely have a problem with that. And I know the things that we all go through, we all have challenges, we all have things that uh, we're trying to improve upon, but I don't think it, it's, it's helpful to anybody when you continuously make people feel like no matter what they do or what they say, it's not going to be good enough. I, I just really have, I really have a challenge with that. And, um, and I think because of that, that's one of the reasons that I talked about the colorless cross on yesterday because I'm tired of hearing this rhetoric. I'm really, I'm really tired of it. I'm tired of the rhetoric because listen, you, you have no control over what uh, nationality you were born into. That is not determined by you. That is not something that you get to pick. You do not even get to choose your family. <laughs> you are born into your family. Now, whether you like it or not, you know, is really irrelevant because it is your responsibility, particularly as believers. It is our responsibility to make sure it does not matter what people are saying or doing. It is your responsibility as a believer. It is my responsibility as a believer to make sure that we are having the right type of spirit so that no matter what people say and do. Listen, I, you know, I was telling my son this week, your responsibility is to do right. Right. 
Your responsibility is not to do good. Your responsibility is to do right. Because good doesn't, how many of you know the good, does, that it doesn't last. It just does not last. So it is your responsibility to do what's right. And when people uh, put you in a position where they are trying to get you, you know, to um, cohabitate with them and doing wrong, it's your responsibility again to check them and let them know I live for the Lord. It may not be the most popular thing to do. It may not be the most convenient thing to do, but my life has been given to the Lord and it doesn't matter what you say or think. I've got a way to live and I'm going to live that way. Paul was a, a great disciple, but yet Paul had his challenges just like everyone else. And, you know, when I read the book of Galatians, it reminds me of how we have all been on a journey. How, how many of you know, how many of you can look back at where you were 10 years ago and just just breathe a sigh of relief? I, I know that I can. I'm, I'm serious because, you know, sometimes you have to take a moment to realize how how great God is. I mean, because the things that should have happened to us that did not happen to us, that in itself is enough to want to lift your hands every day and give God praise. Yes. Because some of the things you know you deserve did not happen because of the grace of God. Yes. And when I look at Paul, Paul realized, you know, being a man that, you know, came, came from Jewish uh, a Jewish background and a very learned man studied under Gamaliel, probably the one of the most brilliant men of that day. He realized his journey not only as a Jew, but as a man. You know, he by trade, he was a tent maker, so wasn't a lazy man. But now Paul was always a man that he was fiery about what he believed in. Even if it was wrong, he was sincerely into it. He persecuted. Do y'all remember how he persecuted believers? He got letters from the Jewish authorities to go and take people out of their homes and, and, um, and persecute them and even kill them. You know, the, it's recorded that he was standing there holding the jacket of Stephen when he was stoned by Jewish leaders. So now he is fully aware of what it's like to be on the wrong side of righteousness. He know what it's like. You see, sometimes you yourself have to go through things to be able to appreciate what other folks are going through. Yes, yes. Because if you have never been through anything, you can never appreciate where somebody might be right now. Yes. And Paul looking in the book of Galatians, it's really a book about um, non-Jewish believers. Now, you, you got to understand the importance of that because Jesus was not sent uh, to the Gentiles. Jesus was sent to preach to the Jewish um, to the Jewish sect. That's what he did. He was not he was not um, anointed to preach to anybody else. That's what he was here for. But he anointed others. He prepared others to do that. But now, because of the persecution that Jesus went through, you 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 always saw him in the Bible rooting for the underdogs. I often wonder, Lee, what he wrote on the ground when they were about to stone that woman. Yeah, yeah I really wonder about that because we are so quick. Have you ever seen a situation where people in the world will accept people uh, that mess up? You know, even though they know they mess up, they will accept them back. But now you come to church, and if you are a leader in the church, 
they will accept a sinner, a prostitute, a person that has killed somebody before they accept a believer back that messed up. I think sometimes we just forget the things that God has brought us through. Yeah. And on this Father's Day, I think it's appropriate that we remember that everybody goes through something. Yeah. Nobody has a perfect badge on their back. Uh -huh. You know, but I don't care who you are and what you think you may be. None of us are perfect. We have all been through something. It's just by the grace of God that he has allowed me to stand here again yeah. to preach his gospel. It's nothing but the grace of God. Yeah. I know I'm not deserving of it, but because of the grace of God, yeah. God gives second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. He gives chances over and over and over again. How many of you have experienced that? Yeah. He, give, he gives us chances over and over again. And this is why even though Paul was such a persecutor of the church, because he was a persecutor of the church, he fully understood what those Gentiles were going through. Because they did not even want to accept him. Because he, see, here's what happens. If you ever get a reputation for being a hardhead, you know, it's kind of hard to live that reputation down because people think, Corbett, that's just who you are. You know, they think if you're, I remember some of the testimonies that Troy had, you know, or have to this day. Uh, he's talking about, you know, some of the people that he used to hang around with. He used to rob folks. He used to beat people up just, just, just because. And I, I listened to some of the things he was talking, and most of the time he was under the influence of alcohol. And so looking at his life right now, it's hard, to, it's hard for me to remember, um, Simone, the, the things that I used to have to go to court for for him. It's hard for me to remember those, the attitudes that he had, because I look at every time I see him, when somebody wants to tell me that there is no God, I look at Troy. Because he is my evidence. He is evidence that no matter what you go through, God can turn your life around. Yes. I mean, he is living proof. And I know that every, every one of us right here, there's somebody in your family that you can say, I know that God changed his life. Yes, yes, amen. In the book of Galatians chapter 3, I want to read a few of these verses. It's really a challenging, a challenging chapter because Paul was really feeling some kind of way. And uh, <laughs> is it, I, I often wonder when I read this, I, I really would have loved to have been there when he was writing this because it sounds like he was really upset. This does not sound like, I mean, anytime you call somebody foolish uh, in two out of three verses, you're a little upset. So let, let me read to you what he said. Oh, foolish Galatians. Who have bewitched or, fascinate, or fascinated you to believe lies? That's what the word means. Uh, bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Receive you the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Oh, here it is again. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if it yet be in vain? So now, let me give you a background of what was going on here. You, um, we weren't there to experience slavery, but some of our family members were. 
And I know from personal experience, just hearing some of the things that my family has said, I know that even being raised in Virginia, and I've talked to you guys about this before, I experienced a lot of racism, and it did leave a scar. I, I have to be honest. It left a scar with me. Even right now, when I go back to Virginia, it's difficult for me to sometimes be there because I feel the pain of some of the things that I experienced as a young man. I was 12 years old when I left Virginia, and I told some of you this, and when I tell some of my friends this, they don't believe me. I guess being in New Jersey, they, they can't relate to never speaking to a person, uh, a white person, until you were 12 years old, but it's the absolute truth. I never, ever had a conversation with a Caucasian person till I moved to New Jersey. So it was difficult for me to kind of understand, you know, having a relationship with them, particularly when all you experience is being cursed out, being called the N-word, being, you know, spit on. I actually got spit on in my face by a, a moving car full of Caucasian men. And I was actually 17 at the time that this happened. I had gone back to Virginia to visit. And if I had forgotten, Simone, it was a cruel reminder of why I really don't have a lot of pleasant memories uh, of Virginia, even though I, you know, I actually had the opportunity to talk to my cousin. I have not talked to her in 20 years. And um, I actually performed her wedding ceremony. That was the last time that I talked to her, 20 years ago. And she lived about maybe about five or six blocks up from where we did in Virginia. And she was just talking about some of the things that we went through. She, she still calls me Junie. <laughs> 67 and I'm still Junie, but hallelujah. But it was really nice talking to her, but I was sharing with her, you know, sometimes because of the things you experience, it's hard to, to go back to that place. And I just remember um, my parents talking. I remember my dad talking about his dad and some of the things, some of the racism that he uh, experienced. And I just remember some of the stories. But I also remember the history books. Not the ones that were in school, because there's not very much history about us in the school in the school books. They conveniently uh, left a lot of our history out of that. Now, I know y'all are saying, Pastor, I don't even believe you're talking like this. Well, it's just the way I'm feeling right now, so I, I, I do need to share. I'm kind of, this is kind of therapy for me. And I remember some of the conversations that my dad had about his father and his mother, uh, the jobs that they had, the things that they had to go through. I also remember some of the movies that I've watched and how even though, quote unquote, the, the North was fighting for, for supposedly slavery, which really wasn't the whole story, but we won't even get into that. But what I do remember is how free can you be if you are proclaimed to be free, but you have nowhere to go, you are not allowed to participate in society, and you are not allowed to do, your, your culture is taken away from you. I'm giving you this background because this is exactly what happened to non-Jewish believers. They were being told by the Jewish leaders in Galatia that, okay, we will accept you as Christians. Because now you got to understand, these Jewish leaders were converted Jews. Now they are Christians following Christ. But now they were putting their traditions and their um, 
laws on these non-Jewish people. And they were saying, if you get circumcised, if you do this, then we will accept you. And Paul, being one of the biggest persecutors of anybody, he just was beside himself. Let me tell you something else. I, When I read this verse, I really got a sense of how things must have been, Trey, because, you know, when the young people now, Simone, you guys don't really understand some of the feelings that you have when you are looked at differently. And maybe you do because it hasn't really changed that much. Because sometimes, you know, you can be brilliant, but just because you look different, people treat you differently. Uh -huh. So Paul took exception to this. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons he wrote chapter 3 is because of what happened in chapter 2. The people, P Peter was there with the people from Galatia, intermingling with them, and so he would actually have dinner with them. But now, when he heard that some of the guys that were sent from Jerusalem by James, who was the leader of the church at that time, was coming, he removed himself from the Gentiles. And he tried to act as though, you know, uh, everything that he had done, Nikki, he had never done before. And Paul, because somebody read him out. I don't know who it was, but somebody got to Paul and told Paul what was happening. And Paul took exception to this. Now, let me tell you what Paul said. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. For before the certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles, but when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled themselves likewise with him. How many of you know when you start going sideways that it affects other people as well? Yes. Yes. The things that you do, Cheryl, it will affect your children and everybody that you work with and everybody around you. When you decide that the grace of God is not enough and make other people need to do stuff. I, let, let me yes. calm down. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Because I know what it feels like to be put upon. I know that feeling when you are just as intelligent as somebody else and to be made to feel like you're lower just because you were born with a different suit color. My, God, my, God. my suit color might be differently, but I am just as intelligent as everyone else because I'm a child of God. My creator was nobody but God. Yes, yes. God did not create black men and white men and Asian men. God created spirits. He made us from the dust of the ground, but he created spirits. God loves us. So how many of you know that? Yes. He does not put things on you that he doesn't put on everybody else. Yeah. You don't get favor just because you look different. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work that way in the eyes of God. You don't, you listen, you can't tell somebody because you look a certain way, you know, um, I got to treat you a little different. I'm better than you. Here's the problem. Now, I know I'm from Virginia, honey, but I never accepted that line of thinking because I just so happened, Pat, to be raised in a home where I had a mother and father that thought I was all of that. Yes, yes. They did, nigga. They, I mean, they would tell me, oh, you are so bright. You are so intelligent. You know, you are just as good as everybody else. You're going to be something else when you go. And I was raised to feel, and here's another problem, because I was not raised in a... Uh, Caucasian community, 
I didn't know that I was supposed to think that somebody else was supposed to be better than me. I was raised to think that, you know, everything revolved around me. <laughs> I am the greatest thing since apple pie. You know, God loves, now I'm serious, God loves me beyond what, I mean, these are the things that I would hear, Corby, when I was sitting down with my dad. My dad would tell me, you're going to be a great preacher one day. He said, you've got such insight. I was six. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm no insight. But these are the things that he would pour into me as a child. You've got great insight. You're going to be a great leader. So you know what it did for me? When I kept hearing those things over and over again, I started acting like what I was hearing. Yes, yes. Mm. Problem is, if you're hearing different, if you're hearing you're not so good, you're not so capable, you're never going to be anything. You're always going to be a bum. Your granddaddy was a bum. You're a bum. And I guess I'm going to be a bum. No, no, no. You don't even receive that kind of message. The Bible says that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul took issue with Peter. He, I mean, he called, he called them out right in front of everybody. He called them out in front of everybody. Here's my thing. You've got to stand for righteousness. You hear me, Pat? You have to stand for righteousness. It does not matter, honey, the price you got to pay to do that. You've got to stand for what's right. It, listen, I remember, I remember this just like it was yesterday. Being in Georgia, I had a track team, the Jaguar Track Club. And we had a great, that second year, we had, well, like one of the best teams in the whole country. But now we were at a county, a state meet, and a choice had to be made because one of my um, one of my runners they ran out of the what do you call that the exchange zone, so they were to be dequeued. But now somebody else on the other team they ran an illegal runner. So the guy came to my friend and told him, "Man, listen, you need to talk to your boy." And just tell him to overlook it because now if if you don't overlook it, then I'm gonna call. You know they're not gonna just DQ my my girl. You're gonna get your whole team disqualified. You hope that whole that that uh, relay team disqualified. Yeah. But now I thought about it, and then I said because these young people were standing, James, they were standing right there looking at me. So I said, now if these young people are looking at me and they're hearing somebody tell me, if you just overlook it and just go along with a lie, we won't tell on you. I said, I can't do it. I said, I can't do it. I looked at these young people from 11 years old to 17 and they were looking at me like, okay, Coach B, what you going to do? And I said, I'm not going with that. My team got disqualified, but you've got to stand for what's right, no matter the consequence. Amen. And this is what Paul did. So now, these Jewish believers were trying to make the Gentile believers, you know, go through rituals like they did. And Paul said, listen, that is not what salvation is. You cannot earn your salvation. There's nothing you can do good enough to earn eternity with the Lord. Yes, amen. I came out of an organization that believed you had to not be holy trade but do holy see there is a difference in trying to do holy how, how many times does the bible say uh scholar to do holy not one time not once it says what 
to be holy. So now, you don't be holy, Simone, by what you do. You be holy because of what he did. Because of his righteousness, you are grafted in. Now, it does not give you a license to sin. So let me be clear about that because I'm not, I almost called this now, but I'm not one of these preachers that preach, you know, no matter what you do, you know, your sin is covered. I don't believe that. I believe if when you mess up, you've got to repent. But I also believe there's nothing you can do to earn the righteousness of God. It is given because of the righteousness of Jesus. And this is the message that Paul was given to these Jewish believers. You can't put this on them. You can't make them do what you're not even willing to do yourself. Yes. As, a, as a Christian in this country, most of you have not been challenged yet. But I tell you, the day is coming. I don't even know if James or the other kids here will be grown before it happens. But the day is going to come. And you remember I said it this day. You remember this. The day is going to come where children will be turning in their parents because of what they believe. I look at now how they are bashing our people that don't want to acknowledge gay rights. I look at how they look funny at people because we don't believe, well, let me not speak for you, because I don't believe in abortion. I do not believe in it. I do not believe in bashing anybody, but I also do not believe in condoning that type of behavior. Have nothing against you, but I cannot nor will I condone that type of behavior. But now I also realize everybody can repent and God can do how many of you know that there's nothing that we can have that God can't deliver us from? My God. I don't care what it is you're going through, what, what it is people are going through, God can deliver you from anything. Again, talking about evidence, Douglas Anderson, Apostle Douglas Anderson. I have the pictures, I don't have them anymore, but I used to carry, Trey, the pictures. Do y'all know Doug Anderson? Well, he's around Shirley Graham a lot, so I thought you guys might have heard of him, but one of the greatest evangelist preachers I've ever heard. I am telling you, I, I have, I've been around a, a lot of people, even Billy Graham. I have never been around a person like Doug Anderson where I wanted to get saved over again, <laughs> just to be sure. Because God used this man, my, I had pictures, I used to carry them in my briefcase, of him in a drag queen outfit wearing women's clothes. In the day he got saved, he was in church laying on a bench with a wig on and a dress on. I, I've got the pictures right now. I've got the testimony where I brought him to Clinton Correctional Institution. And he told me he was so confused that when he went to the bathroom, he didn't know whether he should stand up or sit down. This is how the enemy had a grip on him. And now he is one of the greatest preachers, I believe, in the body of Christ. Because of what? The grace of God. So it does not matter what you go through. God can deliver you from anything. But you've got to stand for what's right. You've got to stand for righteousness no matter what. You've got to be excited about what you believe in. Because I ain't never seen so many boring Christians. I ain't never seen, no, I'm, I've never seen anything like it. You've got the goods, man. We, Nikki, we've got the goods. Yeah. We've got what the world needs. But we act like, oh, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> hey, Khalees, hey, Khalees.
I mean, seriously? We, we've got the grace of God. We, we've got what the world needs. We should be excited every time we come in this door. I mean, we've got the angels from heaven in this place with us. Everything the world wants, we've got it right here. But we've got to show the world. Because Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 8 that the creature is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. They're waiting. They're waiting, Corbett, for us to show up. Listen, I am not ashamed to use my media forum to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, y'all go to my page. Let your son go to my page. You won't see me talking about folks there, bro. You know what you're going to see? You're going to see a scripture. You're going to see video of me preaching the word of God. You're going to see me encouraging people. Because that's, that is a form that goes across the world and we get to use it for free. What is wrong with us? Do you understand what you have? That is a tool that God gave us. I don't care who invented Facebook. It does not matter. That is a tool that we can use to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this is, this is why I believe that Paul was so upset. He said, because you're taking these brand new believers and you're putting a yoke on them that they're not able to bear. My children, I tell you, I love them. But I do remember... I remember, Corbett. I'm serious. I remember. I remember all of them. TJ, Eric, Troy, Tawan, Janelle. I remember them all. And every single one of them had challenges. I remember. But you know what I did not do? I did not, because I was a preaching pastor, compromise the word for them, Pat. I did not say, well, you are my child, so I'm going to give you a different gospel than I give everybody else. Because you are my child, I won't hold you accountable like I hold everybody else. Because you are my child, I won't let you go through what everybody else is going through. The devil is a liar. Yeah. We've got to stand by the same standards. We've got to let our children know you've got to be accountable. Yes, yes. That, is, that is what God will look at you for and look at you for and look at me. Did you hold them accountable? to my word not only by what you say but by the way that you live I did not expect my children were mad enough to fight me <laughs> now I'm serious when I became a teacher at North Brunswick they thought I was doing it to mess up their fun I thought you went to high school to learn I didn't know you go, went there to have fun I mean so maybe I was confused you, you know, they. I was going, you know, I'm a teacher at the high school, and I'm looking at it, Pat, like it's something to be excited about. Your dad has a, a real nice job at a real, you know, nice school, got a raise, can help take care of the family better, and they're worried about me messing up their fun. I'm worried about trying to put food on the table, <laughs> you know, trying to take care of my wife, you know, trying to pay the rent, and they're worried about their fun. Don't you let it happen, brother. Don't you let it happen. Hold them accountable for what's right. Because I'm telling you, when they get older, the stories you will hear around the dinner table. Dad, I remember when you get up 6 o'clock in the morning and pray. And you I get so mad at you because why you got to pray so loud? But you know what now? Now they get up to pray. You've got to set the standard in your home whether they like it or not. I don't care if they didn't like it. I could care. If y'all know me, you know I really did not care. 
Now, I'm serious. I didn't care because I understood I've got to stand for righteousness. And this is what Paul was saying. Stop putting a yoke on people that you're not willing to do yourself. What would I look like trying to teach men to be a good husband? And I'm beating the mess out of Darlene every weekend. I mean, what kind of testimony would that be? You know, some of you, you know, some some wives don't even know how good they have it. They they don't. They really, I'm serious, they really don't even know how good they have it. You don't know because you could you could have been stuck with a knucklehead that bashes your head in every weekend, comes home drunk, don't pay the bills, never can keep a job, but you got somebody that loves you, loves your children, and take care of their responsibilities. You are blessed. You don't even know how blessed you are. But yet you're still complaining because they are not perfect. I wish Darlene would look at me and compare me to somebody. Y'all had to bail pass out of jail. (laughs) I'm not even playing. You you go, I mean, here I am. I mean, you know I love her because I let her have a dog. I don't do that. (laughs) I don't do that, Pat. I don't do that. I don't don't do dogs in apartments. I don't do that. Nikki, I'm serious. I straight up don't do it. Particularly when the apartment, Cheryl, is upstairs, which means I got to walk the dog downstairs, up and down. And to get this, while she's at work, y'all look at me, y'all look at your name and say, he loves Darlene. You know I do. Because I'm telling you, I don't do dogs in apartments. But listen, my job as her husband is when I see that something is going to please her, not to worry about me, but do the things that's going to make her happy. And that is what a father does. That is what Paul was doing as the father of the church in Galatia. He was setting the record straight so they could enjoy their salvation just like everybody else. Y'all stand up. I'm going to stop here because I could go on and on and on. But there is a standard that we have to set. There is something that we have to live by. I'm telling you, believers, there's a joy that we've got to bring in this place. You know, it's automatic. I'm telling you, ask any preacher across the country. I don't care whether they got 10,000 members or 10. It is automatic when the preacher gets up, everything changes. It does. Everything changes. And sometimes you got to fight the enemy who's speaking in your the people's minds you got to fight it because you want to get this word across because listen my, my job is to say as much as i can so that your faith can build up because you got to get that house you got to get that house nikki because i'm hungry i gotta come out for dinner you gotta get the house that's a testimony they, i mean you know y'all know your past i'm i'm gonna be the first one that, on, on facebook they belong to my church <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, man, no, 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 bro. You, you back up. They belong to Restoration Christian Ministries. We believed God with them, and now we're gonna celebrate with them. I'm just, you know what? If you got something you believe in God for, seriously, if you don't want to write it down in here, write it someplace, send it to me in my inbox, my email, and I'm telling you, I will pray over that. I got a little chair in my office, Pat, and I sit in that chair every single day, and I sit down there because my knees are bad. And so to kind of get on my knees, it'll be a little challenge trying to get up. So I sit in the chair, but I pray over stuff, your envelopes, your prayer requests, 
you know, the things that the Lord put in my spirit, go and I pray over that. You know, sometimes I, I see you say something on Facebook as a request or something, and you don't have to tell me, but if I see it, I pray over it. Because I believe prayer makes a difference. How many of y'all believe that? Prayer makes a difference. It makes a difference. But you have to be diligent in your prayers. You have to have some fire behind your words. No, I'm serious. You have to have fire behind you. Speak the word of God. But speak it with enthusiasm. You know, I don't want boring folks around me. Because y'all make me sleepy. I want excited people around me. No, I do. Because it encourages me. I mean, I'm telling you. When y'all say amen, I feel like I can go five more minutes. Glory to God. Is that why y'all don't say amen? Because y'all want me to shut up. I shouldn't have told me. Now I'm going to speak five more minutes. I'm kidding. But there's an enthusiasm that comes along with the word of God. And, you know, you can say what you, what you want to say. But Jesus said this. What things soever you what? When you pray that you receive them and what? So now, what is the key word there that he mentioned before prayer? Desire. He mentioned desire, Corbett, before he mentioned prayer. That means, the Bible says this. The, the effective or the... Effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man of ill. What is a fervent prayer? Quick, man of God. Hot prayer. Hot, passionate. Yeah. Desire, passionate. Jesus said, listen, if you don't have desire and passion, you know, you wasting your time because you ain't going to believe for it anyway because you'll you're believe at that moment you're saying it and then as soon as opposition comes, which talked about the book of Mark, you know, you're going to forget all about the word. The enemy comes, he challenges your word and you quit. But when you have passion, like, like Trey had when he was pursuing Nikki. Like I had when I was pursuing Lean Bean. You got to have passion. Desire. You're not going to take the old save it for when you get home. My Lord. But you got to have. You got to. Y'all be tripping. You got to have desire. No, I'm serious. You really have to have desire. But I love that. You got to have desire. Listen. I, I don't know of any woman that wants, you know, or oh, Nikki, I kind of like you. I kind of like you. I know, I know. It ain't going to work with her. I know. It ain't gonna, I know it ain't going to work with her. Because Dolly ain't be like, she don't even listen, listen to me sometimes, and I'm speaking with passion. If I was boring, I wouldn't have a chance. I mean, right now, Pat, she'll go to sleep on me when I'm talking to her. Now, she will. Yes, Lord. Am I telling the truth, Dolly? Yes, I am. I know I am. And there it is. <laughs> but you do have to have the desire. But listen, don't hold people to standards that you're not willing to meet yourself. Because, Trey, one day your children are going to be grown. One day you're going to be grown. So I'm going to say to all these children in here, you remember the standard that you hold your parents to. Because I promise you, whatever standards you hold your parents to, God is going to make sure you are held to those same standards. I promise you that. I tell pastors, you be careful for people that are not pastors. I used to do a ministry class at the old building. You remember that? I used to tell those ministers there, you be careful the type of member and minister you are serving your pastor. Because if you ever become a pastor, how you were as a member, those are the kind of members God's going to send you. So you just be real careful on how you treat your leader, 
how you treat your wife, how you treat your children, how you treat the people on your job. Because how many of you know you will reap what you've sown? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for the richness of your loving kindness, the abundance of your tender mercies. We're just grateful for everything that you're doing. Holy Spirit, I pray that this word will penetrate the hearts of the people that, that have heard it. It is not my job to convict, but yours. So I've done my part, and I believe in the name of Jesus that the word that has been spoken, you will use it to convict the hearts of those who need it. So I thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restoration Place on the King James Radio Network. We hope that you have been encouraged and until next time, little prayer, little power. Lot of prayer, lot of power. No prayer, no power. Have a blessed week. Celebrate Halloween with dressed up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is, uh, it's just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' Spider Donuts? Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just, uh, my friend. Psst, Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer, participation may vary. Celebrate Halloween with dressed-up donuts from Dunkin', like the spooky sweet Halloween spider donut. Trick or treat! Aren't you a little bit old to be trick or treating? Uh, no. This is—it's uh, just a really good uh, costume. Anyway, I hear you're giving out Dunkin' spider donuts. Didn't I just see you with your kid? No, that was just uh, my friend. Psst. Dad, is it working? Run to Dunkin' all month long for the Halloween Spider Donut and get 10 Munchkins Donut Hole Treats for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Limited time offer. Participation may vary.